0: All right, everyone excited to have another guest today on the podcast today, actually of the founder of Knucklehead Media, and actually he has a podcaster himself, and he now produces our podcast, which is kind of interesting. Also, Marine, we actually let me turn it over to Stephen. Actually, uh, normally we like to go through the bio and just say how wonderful person it is and just give their highlights. But Stephen, being proactive, literally sent me his bio 20 seconds before the podcast started. So I'm not going to read his brag sheet. He can chat a little bit himself. He's a marine. Uh, the same. The fact is, the name of his company is Knucklehead Media, which is uh, as everyone who's a veteran understands that term. I think is pretty awesome and endearing at the same time. So, Steven, welcome to the show.
1: Appreciate you having me, bud. Appreciate you having me. Appreciate the audience taking the time to listen. Uh, listen, you you probably tune into Brett because you you like listening to innovative ways to lead, innovative ways to, quite frankly, just set yourself up for financial stability. I'd be interested, you know, what it is that you listen to Brett for. So if you're listening to this, the action item is go back to your favorite social media channel, how you got introduced to Brett and let him know what it is that you like about not just this podcast, but what it is about the value that he's adding, right? Because if you run your business and you've listened to a bunch of episodes before, he's got Marine Colonels on all the way up to producers and a wide variety of, of different folks. So there's something about what Brett does that you like. So make sure you let him know.
0: Steve, stop plugging already, dude. You're the ultimate sales guy selling already. Right. I do appreciate it, but stop it. it. We're here true. to talk about you today. If he, if people, this is about me. If people plugging
1: in to listen. You know, we got to uh, let them know. This is, hey, listen. This, this is free.
0: This is about you, brother. We're telling your story, yeah, be, not my story. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. I'd be
1: happy so appreciate to appreciate that. that. Yeah.
0: So, when you're in the Marine Corps, tell me about you, where you grew up in the Marine Corps, just two second kind of career story there.
1: I joined the Marine Corps after playing college football. I had the intent to, uh, to go back and finish college in the MESEP program I actually didn't get selected in the MESET program. So I played college football, wanted to, you know, play professional. Where'd you play? Where'd you go? I played in Nebraska and I, you know, I played guard and tackle, you know, I guarded the water bucket and tackle <laughs> anybody who came near it. And I, I didn't do a great job of of really establishing the athletic success that my brothers had. Uh, my older brothers, two older brothers played college football. Both of them played at you know, Texas A&M and at TCU. So I had a great family upbringing from an athletic standpoint and wanted to join the Marine Corps. It was, it was quite frankly, just to get some things sorted out financially. And then from a stability standpoint, I felt like the Marine Corps added a lot of challenges that some of the other services didn't offer. And I wanted to do something hard and Marine Corps was there. So I was logistics a logistician. So if you if you're familiar with Marine Corps, a uniform that has like the red patches on the side of their yep. camis or on the cover, that was what I did. Landing support specialist. So I was a logistician, move stuff, move people, move things all over the world. Was stationed third MLG for pretty much the entire time that I was active duty. So I was in Iraq, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Forward deployed, did a few exercises on active duty, and then joined the reserves after we separated from active duty in two thousand ten. So been all together about ten years in active and reserve. Uh, had a blast. Some great people. Some incredible relationships after the Marine Corps as well. Which I honestly I don't know about you, Brett, but I just didn't have those of you who are listening to. If you spent some time in the military. You probably didn't join with the anticipate or the anticipation that afterwards you were going to have a a network of people who understood what you went through, who could support you either in your business or your endeavors or just kind of go down memory lane. It didn't happen. I, I didn't think about that ahead of time. It's been incredible to be able to you know rekindle and have good relationships with people after the military too.
0: I think along those lines, you were you were in. Iraq, you had some combat tours, they were there. I was out before that. I got out before the the second round war started. And it's a different mindset that it took me really, really until, I hate to say this year, when it finally all came together. And that Hmm. that means I've been out for 20 years for it to coagulate, essentially, and resonate again with me where, oh, I have this network, I should tap into it. And I, I've talked about it m- multiple times before in the past. I'm not going to do yeah. it again. Why? I think the issue yeah. was is my own head trash. Yeah. But now that now that we're doing this, and now that we're having these conversations, and now that I, I right after this podcast, I have a call with another veteran that I haven't met before from LinkedIn. Actually, oh, I always like to throw this out there. Are you a client of mine? No. Have we okay, good. So we're not clients. So this is, and we met on
1: we met LinkedIn. on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. We that met. On
0: the LinkedIn. power of LinkedIn and, and what it can do. So if you're not dialed on LinkedIn yet. Get down on LinkedIn. If you need help with it, I've got contacts who are veterans who will help you with LinkedIn. If you need help with LinkedIn, there's a lot of guys out there. Actually, this morning we had our, our monthly veteran entrepreneur masterclass group, Zoom, Zoom meeting, Zoom call. And one of the gentlemen on there actually has a, a book he wrote. He's a colonel in the army and he has a five minute book all about LinkedIn and networking and how to, how to get the most on LinkedIn. So I can provide that link. If you guys want to learn about that book, just reach out. We can chat about that. But you chatted about something, Steve, which resonated a little bit. You did ten years. Normally, hey, it's four years or it's twenty years. So talk to me about ten. What was the mindset? Why? Why not? You're already halfway. Was, eh, you're kind of done with it, or check, please. I'm full, or or why? Why not push? Why? Why make the decision to get out?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I get asked that quite a bit when it comes up for folks who have context, right? So if you're not, you're not from the military, or if you if you didn't grow up around the military, essentially what. I just referred to as a 20-year tour. So you have the ability to draw retirement for up to 50% of whatever it is that you were paid at that point in time. And then it's a little bit different in the reserves. Long and short of it is, is I I just wasn't interested. I had already had two knee surgeries by the time I separated after five years active duty, just under five years of active duty. I was getting beat up. You know, whenever my first excuse me, my, my wife and I first gotten out of the military, essentially my career pursuit at that time was I was gonna go start a a personal training business with her and we were just gonna go run and raise kids. Together we were gonna go be in Austin and build business and and do a lot of cool things. If you're if you're into working out that type of deal, there's actually an outside uh, workout it's called Camp Gladiator. There was a a woman who won American Gladiator, and then Hallie I think is her name, and she she had started this this outdoor group fitness workout. And we were living in Austin at the time after we got off active duty, and we had spent four years in Okinawa, so we had an opportunity. My wife got a chance to go over there live with me, which was fantastic. She stayed there. She rode horses all the time. Okinawa was a tropical island. It's a beautiful place for somebody who's not having to go to uh, you know the uh, the Marine Corps office every single day. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great place to live. You can go and experience a lot of the culture. We were able to vacation in Thailand. So I'm telling you, the opportunities that the Marine Corps the military provided were well beyond what this knuckle dragon, goofy headed Marine had whenever it first joined. If you back up even a few steps from there, before I played college football, my dad had left when I was about. 14, 15 years old. And when I say he left, I was going to high school in Nebraska at the time and he left and he moved to Washington DC. Now I didn't really have a whole lot of relation still there in Nebraska. As a matter of fact, my older brother had just graduated from college and he had kind of moved up there and then he was between Texas and, and Nebraska. So I didn't really have a consistent place to stay. So I moved in with a buddy of mine. I poured concrete for construction, you know, in the morning just to make money. And I moved in with my, uh, uh, like I said, my buddy, but I I slept on his basement floor. That was how I grew up. As I finished high school, kind of scraping by and figuring out how to survive. That's what I did, but then I was able to earn an opportunity to play college football after that. So I could, I could work hard. Right. And that wasn't a problem. Just working smart. Eh, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different of a uh, a category. So, you know, after backing up, you can fast forward even through my time in the Marine Corps. I knew that in order to actually work smart and uh, and kind of leverage that one to many result and have like this uh, much larger impact than just the one, th- you know, one thing, one, like the one motion of my work. I wanted to have, uh, I-, I could essentially leverage a work output through teams. I wanted to lead teams. I wanted to build teams. I wanted to build business. I wanted to go and have an impact in a result. And so that's what drew me to running my own business. Again, willing to work hard, not necessarily willing to work as smart, and so I got introduced to the technology side of business down in Austin in, in the early two thousands. And and you know, there's a lot of equity backed startups that are down in Austin that do a pretty damn good job, I think, of of exploiting opportunity and creating some good success and careers, monetary success for for businesses and people. But it's not always the most nurturing environment for ideas that don't line up with like left leaning ideology. And so there was a little bit of a friction and challenge that I had had with a lot of those thought processes. And that, that led to a little bit of, you know, button heads with uh, some, some corporate execs and some uh, some folks that didn't necessarily think the same way that I did. And I didn't think the same way that they did. Hey, listen, I was trained to fight, so (laughs) I was good at fighting. That's really all there is to it. So anyway, long story short is that led to some, some really cool opportunities, some really great leadership opportunities, and also some, some painful learning experiences as well, going through that whole process transition.
0: Yeah, no, that's good for you to share. It's several things you don't know about me, which you triggered, and when you were just sharing, when I was a junior in high school, after my father and I beat the shit out of each other a bunch of times, and he threw me out of the house, I was living in my friend's basement my the second half of my junior high school until I moved out of Pennsylvania to Rhode Island with my mom, and so I understand that and to get by. And make just some money to make ends meet and have something. I was doing construction as well. Actually, the whole reason – one of the reasons I learned about Tulane, where I went to school and ended up picking up an ROTC scholarship, was I was actually tarring a woman's roof in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, my senior year <laughs> of high school summer, doing a construction job, and this woman has this beautiful house, and, and it was all in the water in Newport, Rhode Island. If you've ever been there, it's a beautiful place. And the mom came out of the owner. She's like, "Oh, are you almost in college?" And I'm getting there. She's like, "Oh my, my son goes to Tulane." And I'm like, "Oh, what's Tulane?" So I kind of heard of Tulane by by tarring a woman's roof. So I understand. I think you and I are more similar than you think. And also, I bet I, I wouldn't say. Well, I guess screw it. I fight. I I, I do fight, and I'm one. I'm a verbal thinker, and I have a conscious, and I'm brutally honest, honest to a a fault, which probably makes me a a decent podcaster, love me or hate me. But you know what I'm telling you is the truth, and you may not like it, but it's the truth. And with that, though, corporate America, corporate America doesn't care what you think. Corporate America just wants you to be in your box and do what you're told and just maximize revenue and just stay in your box, don't think out of the box, just be in that box. And so you're punished for thinking, you're punished for having free thoughts, you're kind of punished for for not staying in your box, I think, in corporate America, which lends yourself. If you have that mentality, if you have that mindset, you get out of it and you you get beat down by trying to do what you think is right and knowing that you don't fit and that your thoughts aren't welcome. How can this not be welcome? I mean, no, because you're – and you just get punched and kicked and beat till finally you're like, oh – then I can do this on my own and not have to worry about that and not have to worry about my thoughts being told that they're not good and that I can follow my own creative ideas and I can build something that I want to build. It's called entrepreneurship. And so I think there's no better catalyst for most entrepreneurs than realizing maybe you don't fit that mold of being just told what to do to sit in the box. Even the military, sometimes a lot a lot of guys and, and even the officer side, there's the list side, officer side, you call knuckleheads, like Some people just don't like being told what to do, especially if you don't believe in the mission. If you don't believe in the orders, actually, you're taught as an officer to question orders if they're if they're not coming from a place of integrity. And a lot of times you're, you're taught to question, but when you do question, like, why are you questioning? It's one of the double-edged sword there, right? They want you to – the Germans, obviously, you can't say we killed the Jews because I was just following orders. You can't say that because you've got a moral compass and you have to listen to that. But it's interesting I think the path you have chosen is a long way to answer the path you've chosen, the path you've followed. And I'm going to ask you for a story momentarily. So I'm giving you a warning order of the lessons learned and you beat yourself up. It's a hard part as an entrepreneur, even before you're an entrepreneur, when you're in that corporate structure and that's all, you know, and it's paying you and it's keeping you alive and you're surviving and you're not fitting in, you don't play that game. Well, and You all of a sudden may lose that revenue because you don't, you may lose that income because you don't follow along. You don't play the game. And it's an internal battle you have between doing what is the box that you're supposed to do if you just want a job and want to exist. And that job determines your self-worth, that job determines your value, that job determines who you are versus who you really are and what you want to be and having that freedom, that desire, that creativity to get that. But all that takes confidence, takes mindset, and it takes money, <laughs> right? So that being said, you said you had a, a couple of challenges coming out. Why don't you think of one failure that comes to mind where you thought life was going one way or your career was going one way, and you just got hit with that sledgehammer and everything stopped and it go a different direction? Assuming you have that experience, I'm guessing we haven't had a conversation before. Why don't, uh, why don't you share me share with us your thoughts?
1: Yeah. Just to, just to clarify, I think that you've touched on a couple of points that, you know, I'd be happy to share a story, but if folks are working the job, that's great. Like I, I still have, so I still work full time. I still run my business full time. I still raise my family full time. I still, you know, there's, there's 168 hours in a week. It took me a long time to realize that until you can get disciplined and have some structure around how you organize your time, you're going to have some challenges. Not only are you going to have some challenges, you're going to have challenges with people not understanding the amount of things that you have on your plate, the amount of either lack of efficiencies that you've embedded into your work life, you know, balance that you have there and then how, how well you've trained your team, right? There's people that can be an extension of you. There's a guy who we've hosted on a podcast. I'm fortunate enough to talk with a bunch of people. Yes. You you talked about me hosting a podcast. Uh, we do. It's called knucklehead podcast, not knuckleheads there on the West coast where there's some former NBA guys that have guys on their show. They call that knuckleheads. So it's plural. But we were knucklehead podcast. Well, before that one was even started. So knucklehead podcast, and we've hosted equity backed CEO. So equity. So the equity private equity funds in the way that private equity funds businesses, we've had a lot of the executive leadership on the, podcasts that we've hosted before. So they could talk through risk mitigation, portfolio management, but the whole premise of our show is what you screw up. Would you mess up? You know, not with the success that you had, because people at nauseam can talk about what they do. Well, I want to hear what you screwed up the thought process of, of how those teams are ran and how funds are managed and how mistakes are avoided. You can learn from other people's mistakes. So that was the whole point of the premise of that show. Right. And personally, yeah, I have stories, uh, excuse me, before I move forward. And so some of those people can learn those experiences in a job. And if that's what you're doing, don't feel like in today's social media oriented world that you have to go and start a business or go be a consultant or go do a thing that's on your own, that you stand up on your own to go and be effective. You can be effective where you are at at whatever company you are at. And and people, people went to college for that. A lot of times people's families sacrificed decades and years of their life to save money to scrape together to go pay for that education for those kids. And so that's, that's a tremendous source of pride for at least the generation that came before us to provide that opportunity for our generation. And so I, it's not lost on me that there is a significant amount of value in that process. There may not necessarily be as much value in the diploma as there, there used to be, but my point is, is there's still value in the network. There's still value in the process. And, and if you're just going to dismiss you know, one pathway to revenue, which is essentially what people create their, you know, have jobs for, then I think it's a lost opportunity to appreciate, you know, really what that is. And I think that that's something that's the, you know, been the biggest change for me, you know, rewind the clock back 15 years, 2006, whenever I got out of the Marine Corps, one of the things I wanted to do is I just wanted to go affect change. I wanted to go help people. I wanted to go and and make a boatload of money. (laughs) And I think a misnomer that I had is, you could just work your way into making that happen without course correcting or having a mentor with a vested interest in, in helping you achieve or accomplish that objective business that we ran was personal training. It was real simple. My wife and I, we, she was a certified personal trainer. I failed my personal training certification test three times before I got certified. Did I have clients though, that paid me their hard-earned money to help them get into shape and trust me with their, their fitness guidance? Yes. I had a, a client list of ten by the time I was actually certified, so I didn't wait around to go make sure the money showed up. I went and got the money, and then tried to get the education at the same time to go make that happen. I think that that was a credit to you know me being able to try to feed my family and my you know brand new baby at the time, and my wife and I were working real hard. So we we started with doing personal training, and then it became a a group fitness business. And then I realized, gosh, everybody who I'm doing training for is paying me because they work somewhere. Maybe those companies need some help and some guidance in terms of how to facilitate some type of fitness and wellness plans to their, to their crew. So what we did is we uh, hired somebody to build out a wireframe for a website, put together a few pitch decks and went and talked to some folks who, who had had some money and had some private e- private equity success. So they could give us some guidance on what to do and how to build this. And we were going to build out a fitness application called LR Engage. If you have health insurance now, Humana has a, a program called vitality so vitality is a is a program a wellness program that employers can go and use and they can get discounts on everything and i wanted lr engaged to be that before vitality existed so you asked about a failure what failure was is i didn't go raise money i got scared i got really scared i knew i could work and i know i could work hard but there was this hesitation that i had with working smart that I just didn't trust my intellect. And I felt like I had to overcompensate by working hard or rolling people over instead of just going, dude, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to go and raise money. Hey, Mr. CEO or person, could you, could you help me do this? I had such a gigantic ego about it that I ended up being a knucklehead and, you know, running that business into the ground to where that didn't happen. We didn't do corporate wellness anymore. We we signed like two or three corporate accounts and then it went away. And then after that, the group fitness was so taxing, you know, we wanted to have another baby. We had another brand new baby. Uh, So we got two kids at the time and it's, it was like, it was time to work in sales and get rewarded for that skill, as opposed to get rewarded for that skill, then go and deliver against the service and then go and And then just that whole cycle of messing up a service-based business, which is, you know, how we tanked or how I tanked, you know, our first service-based business. So Yeah, it was a very painful experience, but it was also a very good learning experience. Had I had taken more time to be more humble, uh, not have an ego about literally everything and ask for help, it it probably would have worked differently. Thank you for sharing that. So there are a couple of things there too.
0: So going back to the path itself, the same thing, I've I've only been an entrepreneur for four years and I I had the corporate umbrella and in our industry, you're really the industry is designed to keep you at a big firm and wealth management. You give Maryland, CBS, they want you to move from one firm to the other. They'll pay you to move, but they lock you down with a nine or 10 or I even heard guys, 13 year commitments because they want you to stay if you move and they want you to be in that box. And if you leave, they, they come after you for money. So literally they sue you if you leave. So it's a culture where you're not rewarded to think, think independently or doing something different. So to like, to, to your point, Sometimes you, you're you in the game. If you love that game and you fit in that game and you like the box and you're happy and you're making good money, you have a good lifestyle and you're stay. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's most of America's like that. But there are certain mindsets where you don't fit in there and, but you want to fit, right? Cause everyone else fits. And what's wrong with you? And so, like you, well, I won't say like you, but for me, you had to go out. And then you learn, try and figure it out and you don't have those skills. And then the worst part is you try and find people that have those skills and it takes you and you're so trusting because you don't and they know that and then you'll spend money on people that you think can help you and they just waste your time because you don't have the experience to know. <laughs> so you're learning experience through failing and trying and failing and trying and I, I agree. I think getting a mentor can shorten that but how do you get a mentor? Like you, You threw something out there which you kind of just casually said it, but you said you had your business, then you start talking to some guys on private equity. How do you find someone that has private equity? So go back, think about that conversation you had with someone that's PE-backed or VC-backed, venture capital-backed or private equity-backed. And how did you meet that person? And then how do you go from being, you know, I'm Steve, the gym guy, i got nice muscles, to let's talk about raising capital and funding businesses. That's a completely different conversation. So do you mind talking through through that process how that actually happened because that's that's actually a distinguishable event where you go from not having a contact conversation to having conversation and that changes things for you so when when is that actual
1: moment do you remember that moment i would say that it's it was a series of conversations so to back up and to put myself back in the um the early 2000 2000, 2010 think of that first conversation it was so i'm trying to action uh, put this in actionable step so if you're listening to the first, you know to this for the first time there's this misnomer in the military that you can work really hard at whatever your mos is and your occupational specialty and so that typically a promotion is associated with your technical competency and whatever your thing is in that technical competency the more skilled you get or the the more skills you accumulate at doing that thing or the more familiar you are at the different you know pieces of machinery or pieces of technology that lead to or that attribute success to that particular technical MOS or technical skill set in that MOS that you're going to be successful or that you're going to get promoted and then you associate or equate promotion with accomplishment and so that misnomer is that that same context is applicable in the real world so you have this structure and you have a, uh, an arena to perform in whenever you're in the military. Same thing with athletics. Same thing with school. There is a, you know, we can agree, Brett, that there's a, a trajectory and a, a steps that you have to go through in order to get certifications and go through the whole process. There's literally like a, a step that you have to go through. Meeting somebody is just meeting somebody. Talking to somebody and saying, hi, hey, how are you, man? I like your shirt. Hey, how, how's it going? I, where do I know you from? you know and that skill of just being curious about somebody circumvents all that other structure and bureaucracy that i just talked about and i'll give you an example my wife is inc- incredibly charismatic she's she's so fun she's so engaging she's interested in everybody she's she's interested in everybody she, she people just gravitate to her so she happens to to meet this guy i don't know how she actually met jeff but the more and more that they discussed things and the more and more they started talking, it turns out that this gentleman wanted to to train with her. And then in addition to that, he had a bunch of buddies that were similar to him that worked in technology sales that also wanted to train with her. Well, she can't train more than five or 10 people at a time. So that group fitness class became this incubator of people who happened to be in private equity. Now, you might be listening to this and going, okay, so you just happened to stance or happenstance found this group of people that were in private equity because your wife was charismatic and was able to to gain a client that led to a group fitness session. Yeah, that's one. That's one way that we met a group of people. The way that I met a group of people. Wait,
0: hold on, I'm yeah. gonna cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off because you didn't answer. I'm going- how did you meet that? She <laughs> met that guy somewhere. It was online. No. Was it match.com? No. She no, it, was, you? it was like walking down no. the street. There has a, to be some catalyst for a conversation. It was at the gym. Um,
1: okay. I was talking about okay. how she, he was already there yeah. and she was there. It was, so it was just, it was a matter of convenience. So over the course of meeting him and finding out a little bit more about kind of where he got his start, there's something called angel investing. And it talked about this network of people called the central Texas angel network. Uh, in the military, they they have a, a a group. Excuse me, for veterans, there's a group called Bunker Labs that's backed by a bunch of of uh, of businesses that want to help veteran businesses. And so you can you can use Google to kind of search those respective terms, and then put yourself in a position by actually physically going to the results of wherever those locations were, and going and talking to people because they have events that are available. And if they don't have events, then you can go find the people responsible for those events and use tools like LinkedIn to go out and reach those individual folks and establish a credible conversation, not just a, a conversation out of the blue uh, that has nothing to do with anything. You got to do some research. You got to do some, you got to do some, some digging. You have to have relevant, timely, and accurate information whenever you're talking to them or be really good at playing dumb. If you don't have one of those three things and just communicate, Hey, listen, I, I, I I'm probably off base, but there was a a gentleman at this particular uh, location met my wife figured it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt to just, just ask, are you going to be at this event coming up? Typically there's, there's some type of connection or correlation between the research and the things that you've searched and you go and you put yourself in a position. It's very uncomfortable if you don't know anybody and it's very uncomfortable if you don't have a clear understanding of where it can go, but you have to be willing to kind of look like a dumbass in order to go out there and find what you're looking for. And that's what I did.
0: But what, which is good, however, you're still kind of not answering because you're going from building your gym business and your personal training business to now private equity conversations. It's a completely different world. So how did you even know that you wanted to chat with someone in that space? How do you even know what it was? Like why why were you not just like, I don't care if you're a private equity guy. Let me talk to you about your waistline, right? So where there was some catalyst, some moment, some thought in your mind, you are like, hey, maybe if I chat with these guys, I could be. My business could go a different direction, or I could be, I could have a completely different business altogether. There had to be some sort of catalyst, some sort of thought. And that's the one moment you went from being Joseph. I'm going to run personal training business to there's something else out there. There's another thing. I don't know what that thing is yet, but I have an inkling that I can do more than just the personal training business. And I believe this person, him or her could help me. There had to be that moment. And that's where I'm sorry if I'm annoying you, but I'm drilling down because everyone talks about the fluff and, oh, this happened. Bullshit. Stuff doesn't happen. There are actual conversations. There are actual moments. There are places in time where people have interactions and thoughts, and that one moment is the trigger, the catalyst. It changes everything. So I, I want to hear that thought for you, that what was that moment, that thought when you spent, uh, went from being, you know, Stephen, I'm running my personal training business to my wife's got some cool clients. I, sh- I should get to know these guys personally and professionally, not just in, in a physical workout session.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you wake up at four 30 in the morning to go, you know, train a five o'clock session, you do that enough times. And, uh, and you realize that everybody you're going to train everybody that you, that's going to pay you is working smart. You were the one that woke up at four 30. Sure. You're, you know, hashtag gym life. Right. And I'm, I'm not doing that to dunk on anybody who's, you know, social media influencer that's out doing fitness right now. But the reality is, is if you back up a second, and you think about how much of a grind that lifestyle is, if you don't stop to think that you're gonna get old, not only are you gonna get old, nobody's gonna really care. So what what have you done to to leverage that time to actually create an opportunity of business to, that creates an asset that accumulates cash flow or, or revenue, and then you can run it effectively to generate cash flow? So yeah, I got tired of waking up first thing in the morning and, and training other people who you know had a bunch of those resources, and so. A lot of it led to, I described a little bit of the process just a few minutes ago, but yeah, I just got, I got tired of waking up first thing in the morning and training everybody.
0: That's what I wanted to hear. And that makes sense. And that's real.
1: So thank you yeah. for sharing.
0: Yeah, Giselle's here. She actually works as you're sharing this. She's listening to this conversation, but I have conversations with her all the time. She loves the gym. She goes and she trains and I'm like, Hey, but I'm not just sink your heart here and it could be your gym and people come to work for you. You're not people people will pay you to help them and you can own that gym, but you don't have to well, be but, there. And it's, it's a different yeah, let's, mindset. Let's,
1: let's pause for just a second. Cause I think, I think this is important. What stops everybody Not stops everybody. What, what stops most people is exactly kind of what I was alluding to earlier. And I think you touched on it maybe a time or two. And that is how, like how, how, how do I do that? And if I don't know how to do that, then therefore I cannot do that, which is kind of a half truth. And the reason why it is yet to be determined and still a half truth is you have the ability to look like a dumbass or, or a goofball or or just not know, or just be curious about somebody who's maybe a little bit further on down the line and ask them about what maybe the next thing you should do is. I mean, we, we, we call that process kind of get some wits, right? And a lot of that came from a very, very dark period of time in my life where I talked about How do you generate the momentum necessary in order to get yourself a win? Well, you got to start getting small wins. And then those small wins accumulate over time and you develop the inertia and the momentum to string together a few good weeks. And those few good weeks are progress towards a a much larger goal. And you'll look back and you'll go, oh shit, I've made a significant amount of progress towards the objective that I didn't even know how to do whenever I started this whole journey. And a lot of times you'll end up changing your goals in the process. And so my encouragement to you is if you're listening to this and you're in that moment where you just not, you just don't know, Brett talked about LinkedIn, Brett talked about how we met and Brett talked about how there are people who are stuck at, I can't remember the wealth management companies, but you listed a few of them. If you're thinking that, geez, louise, here's, here's a gentleman right here who just said, contact me on LinkedIn. I did that four years ago. If you're where he is, you know reach out and talk to him and, and get some process. And uh, if you're a veteran who's listening to this, geez, please, reach out to both of us or the other 50 people that he's had on the podcast and go listen to one of those guys. What a great resource to have. Yeah,
0: I, I appreciate. Thank you for, for sharing that. I think you're spot on. And so, so the challenge of this podcast, I'm sitting here, I'm in the moment I'm present. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking about myself, obviously I'm thinking my own business where I'm going lessons learned. And then think of the points, That we've made and lessons that we can share to help other people not have to go through the same trials tribulations that we have. And with that, these are the points that what you just shared, I've shared before, but I'll I'll do it again briefly. This is your identity and your role. as part of Sandler training. Sandler's a sales program. I don't have a Sandler coach right now, but I read the book. And just quick summary again, your identity, if the first time you've heard me say this, your identity scale 1 through 10, you're always a 10. You are an amazing human being. You must love yourself. You are who you are. You're a great human being. Now, all the roles that you play throughout the day, you could be horrible. (laughs) Like as a business owner, if you never own a business, role scale zero being never owned a business, 10, you're Fortune 500 CEO, you're probably a zero or one to start. And that's okay. And then having the wherewithal to say, I don't have these skills. And then if you're going to learn it yourself, you put yourself in a position. If you like to read books and podcasts and do things, you do it on your own. If not, you get a mentor and you get a coach and someone who has already built a business or is already successful in whatever industry or field where you want to be. If it's entrepreneurship, find someone who's already built a business, several businesses. And also find someone who's failed with the business and several businesses. So what you shared briefly is it is a different kind of mindset. You're saying, hey, I'm in this new area, I have to get a takes a while to get a couple wins and a small win a small win what you're actually what you're actually saying is like hey i'm actually going to go out and i'm trying to win but in order to win i don't know how so i have to fail 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 oh i learned from these failures i have some experience now oh i'm using these lessons learned to have a small win boom i got a win now but to get that win i had five or six failures now you can learn by failing over over and over which is Hey, that's my life, That's so I've done it. I've tried to have mentors in other areas. But then eventually you get the skill set, the knowledge, and the wherewithal to recognize, hey, I have a gap here, and you can take the personal time to learn it, or you have the aptitude and the confidence to look yourself in the mirror and say, I don't have this skill set. My role here is a low number. I can find someone or I'll find someone that has, that's done well. And there, boom, there's LinkedIn again, <laughs> whatever feel, whatever, whatever is you're looking for. You can put in the search field, put a geographic area. There's probably 10 people who have already done what you're doing or are in your area that have the experience that have the lessons that have the fortitude that could say, sure. And guess what? Most people love to help. <laughs> Yeah. There's those all the there's training techniques out there like oh send an email that says hey hoping you would help hoping you help now that's disingenuine right if you use it that way you're trying to be manipulative but if you generally yeah. reach out to someone are curious about them first ask them genuine questions to learn about them first and say hey yeah. well thank you for sharing now, I'm trying to do this would you be willing to share just some of your thoughts good bad or ugly on what I'm trying to do and if you were me how would you accomplish this goal. So I I think what you were coming to and the point that's coming from all this, it's number one, it's knowing it's okay to know you don't know something and having that conversation. I don't know this. And it's okay to say, I don't know. doesn't mean you're a bad person because your identity is always a 10. That particular role could be a zero or one and that's fine. So how long would you think it's maturity thing coming back to you? just a life experience when you go from being the young egotistical hard charger, so to speak, which can do no wrong. You're invincible. You're going to live forever to, Oh shit. I don't know everything. I can learn from some people. I should shut up and use my two ears more than my one mouth, right? Cause two to one ratio and learn. What do you, what do you think that moment was for you?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's books that were provided as a good resource, whether or not I chose to re- read them was a, a different, you know, a different topic. So You know, you touched on podcasts and books and 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 mentors and folks that that you can go and talk to because I, I've I've read a lot of them, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've listened to a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of really good resources that are out there. In the end, as as a man, as a husband, as a person who, you know, very has family is very high in terms of his value set on his on his uh, list of things that are that are important. It was it was really the the result of my work and what was it providing for my family. And, you know, I can be in control all day long and not listen to people and not do my own thing, that, that type of thing. But the reality is, is if it's not producing an income at the level that you want to go and produce for your family and go and provide opportunities for your kids and have them have a better life, then, you know, what are you doing it for? That's my, that's for me. So it was a lot of honest conversations with my wife. Being married is a, is a very big deal to me. It uh, also in some of those books, it talks about how the important, One of the, one of the biggest indicators of success is choosing the right partner. And, uh, for, for a man, I think you're, you're going to be, you have, you know, two really courses of action that you can take and be a victim or, or a victor. And if you're going to blame, my wife always says that to my my boy, she's like, to blame is lame. And it's true. You, You can point the finger at other people or you can point the finger back at yourself and realize that you have the ability to go and do something about it. And, if you decide to take the easy road out, you essentially are training your brain to always look for the way out as opposed to the way through or the way around something. And so I would say just enough honest conversations because I, I value my wife and I love my family. And uh, and we're going to win either way because that's that's what we do.
0: I think what you just shared was awesome. There's a poster. I want one order. I haven't quite ordered it yet. It's a Viking poster. And it's got Ragnar Lothbrook on it. And saying, his his face is covered in blood. He's staring right at the, well, it's a painting, but just looking forward. And he's like, I do not know how I will win. I only know that I will not lose. And I share with the She's like, that's you. And that's, that's, you sound like me there. And you either have the mindset that you're going to make this work. You don't know how, but you just know you're not going to give up and you're not going to stop and you're going to keep trying. I think that's the biggest part. Because there are going to be obstacles. Life itself is a huge obstacle. And you just, there's going to be good days and bad days. We all we all know that already. And when you have those real bad days where the world's just like, no. And you have to look yourself in the mirror like, I'm still, my eye is a 10. I'm an amazing person. I'm an amazing human being. And for you, as a husband, you give yourself a high roll. I mean, that score is good. Father, high roll. And then whatever it is that just beats you down learn, pick yourself up. Let's go again. And failure, failure, failure. Let's get a small win because enough failures, you will get a win. Cold calling, every no is a step closer to a yes. There's only so much time. Just keep telling me no, because every no you tell me, I feel better because I'm getting closer to a yes. And just that can be applied to anything in business. So we're getting close to time. I think you and I, actually what I wanted to do was go into also what you're doing now and how your company's now and how you balance between your knucklehead and, and your other gig. I and mean, I think we should, if you'd like, I'd love to have you back. Yeah. I'd like to come on again.
1: Yeah, of course. I'd be happy to Awesome, Yeah, happy to. And we can, I think another thing that we can wrap this particular section with, or, or even just use this, my point, something that changed also was I didn't, I wanted to only be successful being a business owner, as opposed to understanding that, there is 168 hours in a week. You know, you can work and be successful and crush it in your career and still do a lot of things. Just go and follow anybody on on LinkedIn who's got a, a really sizable following. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Adam Boyd comes to mind. Adam Boyd. He's out of Boston. Scott Lees. He's out of Boston. Great two great people. One of them's a Sandler coach who happens to run a private equity company. Didn't always do that, but if you go and you can pay attention to what he's doing. He does phenomenal work. He was a football coach for a number of years. Just a phenomenally smart, hardworking individual. And I guarantee you, he would answer whatever questions you had if you wrote him directly. Engage with his content first, but you know, send him a message. And then Scott Lees, Scott Lease has got a Patreon group where folks who are sales leaders who work in the private equity space, who want like blueprints and playbooks and all of that stuff, go and check out his stuff. Now, I don't always agree with Scott because he's a little bit of a you know different dude, but he's got a He's got a very unique perspective and undervalued perspective, in my opinion, that is the, the value of the dissenting voice, the, the one that doesn't always agree with everybody, the direction that everybody's going. He always seems to be kind of going the other direction. He's got very sound tactics in his, his implementation policies or his implementation of whatever the playbook is. If he was the VP of sales for an entire organization, he's going to go and do the thing first himself, even as a 40, 50, you know, 50 year old who's done that so many times, he doesn't necessarily need to anymore. The fact that he is willing to, and then go and tried and true and go and do those, those things, he can go and then teach it, scale those systems and pass it on to somebody else who could, who's responsible for maintaining and optimizing them. So those are just two individuals who have walked and chewed gum, worked and built a business, done some good things that you can go and do. So it can be done. Awesome. That's a great way to
0: finish it. So Stephen, for someone who wants to reach out to you or learn about what you do and how you help and how you help
1: other people with podcasts, an interest there? How would someone reach out to you? I'd start. I'd start on LinkedIn. It's, you could send me an email. You're gonna. You're probably gonna get a res- faster response on on email, but you can go the LinkedIn route. I'm terrible at responding to the to the IMs there, but you'll get my attention via email if I also see that it's you know that you're sending me an email after having engaged with some of my stuff on LinkedIn. So. Tell us your name, your full name. Just oh, yeah. Going. Steven. Yeah. Steven is S-D-E-P-H-E-N, colon, just like the body part, C-O-L-O-N. Life would be a pain in the ass without a hardworking colon there, Brett. So it's the easiest way to remember You've
0: it. had that for a while, right? You've had that for a while. Yeah. And do you have a website or anything like that?
1: Yeah. And go to knucklehead.agency. That's the best way to, to get in touch with us and the agency there. You can fill out a web form. We'll we'll get back in touch with you. One of our folks will. Awesome, man. This is great. Well, thanks
0: so much for being here. And I'm Brett Henderson. You guys can reach me at SWE90.com, strategicwealthendeavor90.com. And if you have any questions, you can call me directly. Normally, you'll speak to Giselle, 310-491-7045, 310-491-7045. Jeff, this is great, brother. Thanks for being here. Semper Fi, man.
1: And if you haven't subscribed to the show, go to your favorite podcast app and download and subscribe, leave a review, let them know what you think. I'd I'd, I'd be interested too. Heck, that'd be great.
0: Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Have a good day. We're out.
2: Thank you for listening to the Veteran Entrepreneur Masterclass Podcast. Don't forget to click the follow button to become notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through IFP Securities LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners, IFP, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice offered through IFP Investors LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners, IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Strategic Wealth Endeavor INC are not affiliated. The views expressed are that of the host and are for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to buy or sell securities. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. Neither IFP Investors LLC, IFP Securities LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners, IFP, nor their affiliates offer tax or legal advice. Interested parties are strongly encouraged to seek advice from qualified tax and or legal experts regarding the best options for your particular circumstances. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors LLC, DBA Independent Financial Partners